this is Enforcement Droid 209. Please visit the website whatwerewewatching.bandcamp.com. You have 20 seconds to comply. Listen to all archived episodes and make an optional donation to our podcast. You now have 15 seconds to comply. Remember that Bandcamp is the only way to listen to older classic episodes. You now have 5 seconds to comply. 4, 3, 2, 1. I am now authorized to force you to listen to a new episode. Cheers. Cheers. It's the secret of the booze. Hey, this is Cam Seamer, and this is Eric Ambler, and you're listening to What Were We Watching? It's the podcast where we revisit the pop culture of our youth and compare its appeal to us as kids and as adults. It's not about good or bad, it's about then and now, and it's all in order to answer the question, Have you ever seen a turtle get down? Uh. Go, what were we watching? Go! Go, what were we watching? Go! Go, what were we watching? Go! Go, 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 go! Noise, episode 112. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Booze. The Booze. Yes. You heard me right, Cam, because <laughs> we're doing a very, very special episode in honor of your birthday. Happy birthday, sir. For me? Yeah. I am so excited. I asked for this for my birthday. I, I, I thought of a movie that I that I just could talk about with scholarly authority. That's right. And that is... Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> That's right, Secret of the Ooze. And we should. Do, and the reason why it is Secret of the Booze, listeners, is because we are doing our first ever movie commentary slash drinking game. <laughs> so we hope you have your copy of Secret of the Ooze too, and your beverage of choice. You can play along with us. But this is actually something we've been wanting to do for a while. Yeah. An episode of this type, and I am so excited. I can't wait to see you. What goes down? <laughs> <laughs> but really, happy birthday, sir. Thank this you. Is, this is a very special moment. Thank you for indulging this. <laughs> oh. Anytime. Before we jump into it, let's talk about the first time we saw this movie, because it's just going to be a lot to talk about as we go through. Yeah. Um, well, for me, like the first movie, um, it has just always kind of been in our VHS collection. It was always there. And yeah, I've just grown up with it since as far as I can remember. I was four years old when it came out, Yeah, and we probably bought the VHS when I was four or five, and I watched it hundreds of times. <laughs> no, that's, that's an exaggeration, but <laughs> at least 30 times in my life. That's okay. Prob- that's, probably, that's, that's, that's probably still safe. a lot. That's yeah. probably safe. <laughs> that's still quite a bit. <laughs> Impressive. So I wanted to mention also this released on March 22nd, 1991, so early on, and like less than a year after the first film, or yeah. maybe just a year quick turnaround and yet it's such a different feeling world yeah (laughs) (laughs) i saw this i don't remember exactly when but it was definitely some kind of sleepover where i'm sure there was also a lot of turtles in time 
being played on SNES mm. or mm. perhaps Manhattan Project. Okay. And uh, some, a friend had the VHS put in. I never owned it myself, but I did see it a few times throughout my childhood. Then the dandelion scene is <laughs> my most vivid memory of the first time I saw this movie. I think I was like <laughs> half asleep and I'm like, there's a guy in a field. Like this doesn't seem very turtles like. They're not, a, it doesn't seem like they're in New York and he's holding a giant dandelion. <laughs> You're spoiling it, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Well, wait till we get there. Well, well, yeah, but I don't know. It just it seemed it seemed germane. Yeah, I'll, and I might be a little too tipsy to remember it when we get to that point. Well, hopefully not. That's that's towards the beginning of the movie. <laughs> but actually, hopefully, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I I was ho- trying to have a fun night. I don't know about you. <laughs> so okay, friends, let's talk uh, some housekeeping just for a second. So if you want to watch along with us. We have the Blu-ray copy of Ninja Turtles 2, although I feel like all copies are pretty much the same. Yeah, I don't think it'll be too different. No. What what we've done is we've started the film and paused it at the moment that the words, In Memory of Jim Henson, come on the screen. So this is after the New Line Cinema logos, and then the first thing you'll see is In Memory of Jim Henson. And so the moment that that comes on screen, you can pause. And then just leave it there forever, because that's how we should honor Jim Henson. (laughs) So, yeah, get it set up there, and we'll talk about... We'll let you know when it's time to go, because we also have to talk about our very special drinking rules for Ninja Turtles 2. And this is perhaps the most exciting bit (laughs) of this episode. So we we came up with a couple of simple rules, nothing too complicated. I guess we can just take turns listing them off. Yeah. So the first one, anytime someone eats pizza. Uh, The second one, whenever ooze is spoken or seen... And then we go through the um, Ninja Turtle cartoon theme song character descriptions. Right. The personalities. Anytime the turtles exhibit their personalities. So Leonardo leads. Donatello does machines, just acts like a nerd. Raphael is rude. And Mikey is a party dude, just being a goofball. And then uh, anytime anyone makes a pop culture reference. Take a drink. And the coup de gras. When Vanilla Ice appears in the movie, you must finish your drink, even if you just got a new one. You got to chug it in honor of the Iceman. I'll have to time that, right? Yeah. (laughs) Chug Ninja, Chug Ninja, Chug. All right. So you got it. Uh, Someone eats pizza, oozes set or scene. The turtle personalities, Leonardo leads. Don Donatello's a nerd. Raph is rude. Mikey X goofy. Pop culture references. And then chug your drink when you see Vanilla Ice, which is what I always do in life anyway. <laughs> all right. I think we're all set up. We got our cold ones. I'm starting with a nice, big, frosty bottle of Blue Moon. Super size. It's, it's, been, uh, it's had the mutagen. It's super size. <laughs> what are you drinking? I, I went with uh, Sour Monkey, hoping the ABV doesn't uh, destroy me. <laughs> uh, I have the opposite. I hope it does. And... Well, well, it's my party. I yeah, exactly. It's your, bir- it's your birthday. <laughs> All right. You ready to get this done? Heck yes. All right. Once again, uh, make sure your screen is paused on In Memory of Jim Henson. And when I say play, press play and we'll start watching together. All right. Three, two, one, play. So Jim Henson, right out the gate. We're, yes. we're talking about Jim Henson. Uh, and I feel like this is them being like, we up the budget here. These yeah. suits. Wait for these suits, well, guys. <laughs> and also R.I.P. Jim Henson. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think he died less than two months after the first Ninja Turtles movie came out. So he'd already been dead for almost a year. 
Mm -hmm. And I think we're about to get our first shot of some pizza coming uh, up soon. A lot of shots. A lot of, of shots of pizza. We might end up having to just chug during this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh there God, it is, that... some pizza. Even the fancy New York uh, horse driver takes it. Oh, and a businessman and his ugly girlfriend. I always thought this was the most delicious looking pizza. Everyone's just eating straight cheese, it looks like. Plain. But they, as we call oh, it, plain, plain on the East Coast. That's right. That's right. I just heard about this for the first time. <laughs> um, and that's the most ridiculous thing with all the people walking across the street. Every single one the of them eating boxes. pizza. Actually, that's not. It's the guy hand, the cop handcuffed to the <laughs> criminal eating the pizza. It's crazy. And the criminal doesn't get any and it shows. Yeah. Like, oh, man. Oh, more pizza? Eating more pizza. David Warner, big props. We'll have plenty to say oh, about him. I can't him. wait to talk about God, that. God, that is some delicious looking pizza. I know, right? It's so thick. We just ate. We also ate a lot of pizza before doing this. <laughs> Eddie Ernie Reyes, Eddie Reyes, Ernie Reyes Jr. <laughs> of um, Surf Ninjas. Surf, yeah, of Surf Ninjas fame. Well, although Surf Ninjas came after this, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. Man, the scooter that he drives in this movie <laughs> is so awesome. <laughs> I I don't know why people. <laughs> pizza delivery boys don't use it usually the pizza delivery boy character in a movie is like you know really kind of dorky yeah um but and this, he's like a ratty one's, bike this one's just casually misogynistic as we just that's saw. that's true <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the bike is pretty cool i like that i like that we get a character that's involved in the pizza industry yeah <laughs> and a character that's a, fitting and, and, and martial arts <laughs> yeah he yeah. basically is a turtle he's he's <laughs> he's, a, he's a vast improvement over a danny the shitty redhead from yeah. the first movie. Oh my god! <laughs> Who doesn't do anything? Yeah, just kind of is a bad guy for a lot of it. <laughs> Kino knows what's up, and he can handle himself. Yeah. Well, Danny at least like he knew the inside information on the Foot Clan, and yeah, he, he eventually helped him, which is also what Kino does. There's a That's lot. True. There's a lot of rhyming. Danny at least has an arc of sorts. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Yeah, the Kino is kind of a missed opportunity in this movie. Kino is kind of wish fulfillment, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're it's right. Like, wouldn't it be cool if you could do martial arts really well and you're friends with the turtles? <laughs> <laughs> and he's really doing these martial arts and they look great. Yeah. Well, he he was one of the super performers in the first movie. That's right. That's right. Uh, and the credits, it's cool because like, they they point out like all of Ernie Reyes Jr.'s stunts are performed by himself. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> it's like, no shit they, they are. Um, these guys are robbing a place in the middle of the night, but they're still wearing the pantyhose on their heads. <laughs> Is that maybe for like, oh, here oh, we go. Oh. Yeah. Please, friend. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I just lost my shit. <laughs> Anytime I watched this as a kid when this happened. Oh man. And the sweet theme song. I always liked yeah. this strain of the turtles theme song. I like how they didn't try to just recreate the cartoon theme song. Yeah. Right off the bat, we're also getting indications that the suits are much better than they were in the first movie. I have a, I have a theory, though. Yeah. Wait, wait, watch for it. Hold on. He's oh. nerdy. Donnie being nerdy. <laughs> Here we go. Characters by Jim Henson. Kino's reacting right in that frame. Oh, he's, he's, he's reacting to the awesome, to the awesome oh, new costumes. That's and, like... and there's, there's, toy store, there's a toy store in the background. Uh-huh. I feel like this is basically them saying, like, we're here, we're toys, buy Ninja Turtles. <laughs> That's what they're always saying, to be fair. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, 
man. <laughs> I think his reaction, that reaction to the Jim Henson creature shop, that was some room 237 shit right there. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Did some rawhide references. Oh, Mikey doing party tricks. Party. That's, well, that's he's, party he's, he's being goofy. He's fighting with his uh, yo-yo. We've devised these rules very loose yeah. on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll, you know, you'll notice that they're not using their actual weapons to yeah. fight these guys. It's like, uh, and Almost. this is the biggest tease. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Leo's um, swords. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't actually know that until, oh, oh wait, hold on. Well, yeah. This is my favorite moment of the whole movie. I remember when you like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember we watched this together in college and you were, he's like, just be, shut up. <laughs> like, you know, at some point, like, make sure you're paying attention to this. Um, I just love how like, mischievous and impish donnie is in this scene yeah <laughs> especially with that soft that soft pillow that he's beating the guy with uh, but you've you've said before on this podcast where like you know a, a decent movie any any decent movie will kind of announce what it is in the first five minutes yeah and i feel like that hitting the clown and saying yeah and breaking the fourth wall is yeah. this movie's version of that it's like yeah. this is the kind of this is the ride we're in for right right just like having fun like it's it's goofy and childish yeah. but yeah, yeah we're liking it and already it's not like they're coming out of the shadows and they're fighting in like a dirty alleyway like the first movie like they're in <laughs> they're in a very, they're in a commercial space and the lighting is very like bright yeah you can see every color it's very colorful it's very fun this is a different turtles movie than the first movie <laughs> yeah i'm digging it it's way more kid friendly yeah yeah, the weapons thing was because parents complained about the violence of the first movie. Yeah. So they can still do their martial arts moves. I, I like that. They can still kick people in the face. Yeah. You just can't use a nunchuck. Yeah. Because bludgeon people. Oh, man. So now someone else knows who the turtles are. They're not, <laughs> they're not too concerned about being ninjas yeah. where this kid's concerned. <laughs> I like this moment where they they both bop Mikey and then Donnie's like, you right." <laughs> <laughs> so look at the articulation on those mouths, which oh, is so much better than the first yeah. movie. Yeah, and their eyes, you can actually see their eyes. They're yeah. not like sunken in and hidden <laughs> Creepy. like they were in the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> and they, I, they seem to be able to do the martial arts moves with much more fluidity. Yeah. The camera can actually linger on them. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta have the wedgie in there. <laughs> and the the rounding up of the goons off screen as ninjas can do. Do you remember when pizzas used to come in those rubber delivery <laughs> package pou pouches? I guess so. I mean that it's gotta be really annoying to carry around. Alright, so this time when I watched this movie Paige Turco, April. This new, time when I watched new this movie, April. New April. But this time I kind of caught on to all like the little hints they're dropping that the turtles are living with her because mm. these people complain about like her doing aerobics like, very loudly. Oh, and okay. Kino talks about, oh, I'm always delivering pizzas to you. You eat so much pizza. <laughs> yeah. And I just oh, connected like, the dots. I never put that together about the aerobics. Yeah. Because I feel like it's a thing where she like does like stupid news stories like doing aerobics. Right. Right. Which they acknowledge in the, the Megan Fox movies. Uh huh. But 
Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's yeah. This that's at least totally this time I was like, about. oh yeah, this is yeah. like they're because well later on when the turtles appear and they're like all just running around. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's probably what it, it probably sounds awful to live underneath. Yeah, that. yeah. Uh, little internet trivia: the front of April's apartment building was the Jim Henson Studio office in mm. New York. Okay, that's one of the few like actual New York locations that they used for this movie. What do you think of Paige Turco's April versus? judith hoags um yeah i like her yeah the thing about i, I was i like judith hoag too but the movie i feel really let her down hmm. um because she was she was displaying a lot of spunk independence um and then she, it just turns into like this weird romance with casey jones yeah and this one uh april just doesn't have much of a character at all yeah she doesn't yeah. get much to do yeah which is not the actor's fault do you have a preference that in April's, um, I like I like Judith from the first one. Oh, nerd, <laughs> nerd, only nerds like oh, again, nerd again, nerd, <laughs> triple nerd, the triple trifecta. <laughs> oh my god! Pizza again. Oh my god. <laughs> so I don't know. My my favorite April O'Neil actually was from the cartoon. Mm, I uh, could see that. And, Very iconic. Yeah. And she just had a lot of cool stuff. She had and she had the cool news chopper too. Like my oh, yeah. my vision of April from the cartoon is having that headset on and flying into the to the scene. Yeah. This is pretty rude. Playing yeah. football in someone's apartment <laughs> with with a slice of pizza. <laughs> That's rude to the pizza too. Mm. <laughs> and it sounds like the sound effect always makes it seem like he <laughs> fell on his own sword, <laughs> like shink. Like oh no. <laughs> I do like her passive aggressive. Like hey, you guys find a new place. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's funny how this movie is way more like um, the uh, experience of of growing up or coming of age first i know a business being that like they have to find their own place to live yeah and you know they do a lot of struggling with their identity and who they are but that comes in that comes in later yeah um but it's interesting too how then they this is technically a direct sequel to the first movie yeah like immediately after the first movie right yeah th- there's a moment in a in a minute that leads me to believe it's like the moment after the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, big splinter entrance too. Oh, and the and the splinter puppet is great here. Like it was really I good think, in the first. Yeah, one. I think it was really good in the first one too, but it's just a little easier to look at in this one. Yeah. It's less disgusting and rat-like. Yeah. It's more cute muppety in yeah. this one. But Kevin Clash, he did it in the first one also, I think, right? Mm. I think so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's why I think the the Splinter Puppet maybe stands out from the suits mm-hmm. because he's just a really good puppeteer also. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe we're also more inclined to uh, respond better to mammals. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> maybe. Just like subconsciously, like fur versus scaly skin. Just a theory of mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It is, and because they make him look more like a big kind of, I don't know, cat or ferret in, in this one instead of a rat. Hmm. 
or a fox. Like there's yeah, not he's much. Very fox-like. There's not yeah. There's not much rat-like about that face. Like the, you know, he doesn't have gross teeth or anything. I don't know. The hands still always freak me out. The old, like the really <laughs> too thin old man hands. <laughs> oh, and knobby and. <laughs> How old do you think Splinter is? See, I don't know. It's all confused by the uh, mutation. Like I don't know how, how what what a rat's lifespan is, and does it um does rats? It change? Yeah, well, rat. I think <laughs> when you're mu- mutated, a rat can live like three years. <laughs> so <laughs> he's he's only he's two. He's like two. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe he was like old for a rat when he got mutated. Yeah, like he's like three, mm-hmm. and then when he got mutated, he just became like an old man rat. <laughs> but the mutation allows him to live longer or something. I don't know. This uh, giant pile of garbage, very New York City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love the kind of soundstage yes. feel of this whole movie. I'm so glad you said that because I agree. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's so textured and like great. We see the shredder helmet right there. Mm-hmm. This is a pretty lame resurrection of shredder though i do not like this no no just well he should inexplicably he yeah <laughs> survived it's just yeah it's just a very easy like hand washing ultimately i'm fine with it for the movie yeah just being like okay yeah have shredder give it give it another go yeah because you're basically remaking the first movie anyway yeah it's very um batman 89 yeah that hand shot And they all live in the junkyard, the Foot Clan. Yeah. Not as cool as the uh, skate park Lost Boys. No, no, not nearly. The but they're still, one, but. they're still all white guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, right. They're still all blonde white dudes. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this ninja thing really swept the city by, you know, by storm. <laughs> Except for Tatsu, who's back. Yeah. Tatsu is such an asshole, and <laughs> it's great. <laughs> this this leads me to believe that he's reacting like right after shredder dies he's like our our master's gone right right well it clearly is i mean they just they just um the garbage man just took the trash to the dump so it had to be like right after they collected it yeah and shredder's still wearing that sparkly jumpsuit yes (laughs) which is a such a terrible costume so um fun fact the body of shredder in this movie is portrayed by francois chow yeah aka pierre chang aka marvin candle aka mark wickman aka edgar hallowax from lost (laughs) (laughs) see i knew i knew you'd be johnny on the spot with that (laughs) look at those eyes i know revenge it's marvin candle eyes (laughs) he was pretty young when he did this movie yeah he's in his 20s his late 20s oh um, it just it just seems that way because he's been around for so long. You think about how old this movie is. Yeah. But then here we have David Warner. David Warner. Uh, late this, of Tron. This is my primary association <laughs> with David Warner. Yeah. And after that, it would be uh, Batman the Animated Series. He's the voice of Ra's al Ghul. Although there, it's Ra's al Ghul. Racial al Ghul. Ra's al Ghul. That's how you pronounce it. <laughs> Ray, actually. Ray. Yo, I'm Ra's al Ghul. <laughs> but yeah, he's great. He was also in Titanic. 
it's like the manservant to Billy Zane. Oh my god! Who's like totally the muscle bodyguard manservant? Pardon that. Yeah, he's also in uh, Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. Who is he in Planet of the Apes? Um, he's like uh, oh, he's Helena Bonham Carter's father. Oh, is that right? I think that's right. Okay, I don't <laughs> I don't remember much about that movie anymore. <laughs> We did it on this podcast. I know we did. Like I last just, year. <laughs> I just remember Mark Wahlberg turning around and looking at all the apes chasing him and going, Jesus. <laughs> oh, eating. I'm just Raf- doing all eating now. <laughs> Raphael isn't really like the angry... He's rude, though. ...person of, of the first movie. Yeah, he's, but he's, he's just rude. rude. And that's more, of the co- that's more of the cartoon. Yeah. Where he's not really like the angsty rage-filled like loner yeah. he's he's just kind of he's kind of an asshole <laughs> splinter likes watching the news <laughs> yeah well who's the bigger asshole Ra- Raphael or tatsu tatsu I'm sure. <laughs> yeah we got this pretty boy pa creeping in the background oh yeah yeah <laughs> first day on the job coiling cable <laughs> And I love how she just brushes off Freddy. It's like, you, you, oh, you got in this business to learn? Uh, well, d- shut up. <laughs> Do your job. Let me ask the questions, Freddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's your, uh, here's your dandelion yeah, scene. Yeah, here's a dandelion scene. I feel like this is like intentionally very Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yes. And that guy has a very Rick Moranis vibe <laughs> <He> to him. <laughs> Man. So I don't know where this is filmed, but I do know like this scene specifically. But a lot of this is shot in North Carolina, the soundstage mm, stuff and like okay. the other things. So I'm wondering. Probably. Yeah. This could also be a soundstage, for all we know. Uh, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um that's <laughs> I like this reaction. <laughs> when he's Dandelions. But it's very soft. Dandelions. <laughs> like, oh. I'm a, I'm a bad guy, but oh. <laughs> yeah, it's a little it's, it's some childlike wonder yeah. in that reaction. <laughs> I mean I would too if I it's, it's like this should not be. <laughs> but this is uh also part of the strident environmentalism of the early nineteen nineties. Yeah. Which we've talked about before, like in in Fern Gully and other things. So oh, it's yeah. like, look at this company just dumping toxic waste. <laughs> it's all their fault. And I like David Warner's just like, or the other guy's like, it could fall into the wrong hands. And he's like, yeah, it could, couldn't it? <laughs> it just seems so isn't like. That, isn't that fun to think about? <laughs> like, he doesn't seem bothered by that idea. He's just yeah. like. So the Shredder costume looks a little better this time. It, it looks less like a nylon jumpsuit i think it was lit so much better in the first one though it was like it took advantage of those shadows and it um, but it looked so like chinzy yeah i don't know leonard's leading with that vacuum wouldn't you say (laughs) (laughs) i don't know man he's in the background (laughs) i have have a theory he's actually working i have a theory that this is donatello's movie and he's more often than not front and center that's actually I can see that. I can definitely see that, especially by the end. Yeah. 
Uh, Karate culture Kid. reference. Karate Kid reference. But also a diss. I kind of like it. I was like, we're not doing that shit. <laughs> it's nice of them to clean up. They are See, they're growing. They're coming yeah. of age. <laughs> oh, I love this when Splinter comes back. This is like, <laughs> I think... <laughs> <laughs> Double entendre from Splinter. <laughs> what were you doing on the roof? Coming dot, dot, dot. to a decision. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Join me above. <laughs> How do we feel about the uh, Orientalism of, of Splinter? I mean, did we talk about that in the first no, one? No, I don't think we really did. Um, yeah, I mean, he is from Japan, and he is. Ninja Master. Um. I just wish they would have got a Japanese rat to play him. <laughs> They're whitewashing all these rat roles. <laughs> and it's great how, like, just him watching this one random news report kind of op- awakens this epiphany for him. Yeah. Well, maybe it's just like the the lettering. It's like he didn't know what. TGRI, right? No, until... yeah, that's what he's saying. But it's just yeah. like how 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 co- how coincidental. He <laughs> like he yeah. found this news report, but he insists on watching it like he kind of knows what's going to happen. Hmm. It's odd. Hmm. I don't know why he was so insistent on watching the news. <laughs> well, he's like any old man. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> no, I need to watch. Need to know the weather. <laughs> Would I need umbrella later? <laughs> but this is another part of my loose coming of age theory about this movie, mm-hmm. saying like, hey, wondering, wondering who we are. Look at Donnie in, in like front and yeah. center. It's like coming, coming to, but you're also coming to a realization, which is what you do as yeah, you're a teenager. Right. It's like this is. This is the way. This is the way the world operates. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. Uh, this set is so shitty, and I kind of love it. No, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but love- look at this. <laughs> this is like the command center in Power Rangers. Like, <laughs> I mean, you're kind of insulting the command center. <laughs> <laughs> David Warner's d- disinterested <laughs> gaze <laughs> as he's watching that. By just, the way, which well, is ooze on the screen. He's probably, he probably doesn't want the ooze to go. He's like. Hmm. Like the potential. All my work <laughs> yeah. of this toxic, <laughs> oh, look at this, dangerous like, substance. Look at this blocky Apple old school technology. Yeah. This is, but this is just one of the things where like the soundstage thing didn't quite work for me. Mm. Um, but it is enlivened now by ninjas invading it. it if, if it has to be like a cheap <laughs> cardboard set, just have yeah. a bunch of ninjas run around it. <laughs> Improves things a lot. So David Warner gets intercepted by the bad guys. Yeah. Which proves to be very important. I love, and I love the direction that goes in. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's do it, eh? Yeah. <laughs> These guys are impressed. I know. No, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I couldn't believe they were so goddamn impressed by this stupid room. I'm sold. it's like it's literally like a mystery science theater 3000 (laughs) set (laughs) it's like in the ship (laughs) yeah yeah. 
It's so cheesy sci-fi. It's like they bought it from like wholesale from Roger Corman. Yeah. Or a Canon Films. Like, oh, we're not using yeah. this this uh, glass pyramid anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Take it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to feel my Donatello theory, like this movie takes place in his realm. Like this is like the realm of science yeah. and scientists and technology. And I'm definitely seeing it now. And just like watch how watch how like foregrounded he always is. And I think that's subconsciously why I love this movie. Is also, he was my favorite. Yeah, he's also a nerd using that computer. Yeah. Up oh, drink. <laughs> <laughs> and he's look at him explaining hacking. Hack explaining. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a little off on the suit, but I kind of love it. Do it. It's like his like lips kind of flop mm-hmm. around like blah, blah, blah. Here come the foot. Yeah, here come. <laughs> so, oh, game over. Yeah, <laughs> they lost all their lives in Turtles in Time. Well, <laughs> ah, the Foot Clan. I'm also kind of let down by the Foot Clan costumes in this. Mm. I don't like the bug eyes. I mean, that's like the iconic Foot Clan costume, though. But not exact. Well, but it's weird with the um, the ponytail bandana thing going on. Mm-hmm. And they're and they're all black. I don't. I think that's probably what I'm responding to. I just noticed that they're like the football motif is carried throughout this whole movie. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so they're they're playing football with the pizza. Now they're playing football with that's the kind of strawberries. Up, oh, Don, Donnie's using his bow. Nice. I think he's the only person in this movie to uh, to actually use his weapon. Yeah, it's okay to hit someone with a stick. Yeah, as long as it doesn't have a blade. Yeah, <laughs> or nunchucks, which are just painful. bludgeoning. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. But these costumes, so like the the bug guys are too buggy. Like the the classic foot does not have like a cage over your eye. <laughs> it's more like a mesh, like mm. Spider Man thing going okay. on. That's what I'm objecting to. I'm I very see. concerned about these sartorial matters. <laughs> I notice them a lot. As often you are on yes, this podcast. That's right. Hair, <laughs> hair and clothes. I love the big fat guy's reaction. He's like, Hoo-ah! <laughs> <laughs> I like that. There's a fat ninja too. Yeah. <laughs> A ninja I, of size. I'm wondering how he passed those tests that uh, Kino has to pass later That's on true. in this movie. That's <laughs> true. Well, maybe <laughs> maybe he was grandfathered in. Like, <laughs> He's Tatsu's he was, son. <laughs> yeah, or he was just like one of the first guys yeah. running this gauntlet. And Tatsu just standing there like a badass. <laughs> he's like, so he doesn't care. I think Tatsu, in the grand tradition of like really <laughs> assholey henchman characters that i yeah. love like tatsu fits that bill I just, <laughs> like i can't get enough general hux can't get enough tatsu <laughs> and donnie donnie's doing this why is mikey doing the surfing well he he called attention to mikey he, he's like hey mikey look what i'm doing surf's up dude i'm as cool as you oh ninja vanish that's a cool thing to say when you leave a room yeah. like, ninja vanish <laughs> <laughs> I notice that everyone gets like their catchphrase. It's always like if one turtle says something, the rest have to say something. Yeah, which is as it should be. Like that's that's yeah. what these movies need. And then we get, <laughs> what does he say? Bummer. <laughs> says Happy four twenty. Says everybody. every stoner when, yeah. they, uh, when they take too big a hit. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> Classic uh, kidnapping. Yes. Set up here with the duct tape and the two ropes over his shoulders. <laughs> Paulina, yeah, it's a pop culture. It's a pop culture. Is that Paul, a real? That is, model? yeah. Paulina Porzakova. Okay. 
One time America's top model judge. Okay. Oh, that rings a bell. Donnie is examining that globe in the background. <laughs> For that, accuracy. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, let's pack it. <laughs> but you gotta be on the run. Pizza. Oh yeah, here comes some pizza. I feel like Kino being the wish fulfillment character, he should have been in this movie a lot more. Yeah. It really does drop off quite a bit. Yeah. Well, this is kind of, this is the act break, basically. Yeah. Now we're in act two. Coming off a little strong, creepy. Yeah, here, I know. Kino. Just kind of like <laughs> letting yourself in. Um, one, th- one other thing I like about Kino, though, is like... Um, Especially in this era, you did not see a lot of people of color in family films and mm. kids' films like this. But to have like a major character, especially like the one you're supposed to identify with, yeah. he's of Filipino descent, I believe, and mm-hmm. I just think that's really cool. Yeah, because uh, like in, even something like Three Ninjas, they're not. Well, we're supposed to believe they're like a quarter Japanese or something because yeah. their grandfather's <laughs> Japanese. Right. But like it, it did not become a thing. Like we, I think about all the movies I watched growing up, all the Hollywood stuff that got made. This is yeah. pretty rare. This is pretty forward thinking in yeah. 1991. Yeah, I like Kino as a Breaking audience surrogate. surrogate. But I feel like the obligatory like, fainting yeah. when they meet Splinter yeah. <laughs> specifically. <laughs> The landscape is much better today. I think like people cast for diversity, mm-hmm. but I think it's, you know, to this movie's credit. I, I know that um, you can probably sense that I like this movie better than the the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. movie, yeah. even though that might be like more robust in terms of like theme and mood. I mm-hmm. just like have more fun watching this one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> what I a lo- goof. I love how quippy this movie is too. Like, I, I, I think it's genuinely funny. Yeah, it's got, yeah, it's got the right kind of sense of humor. Yeah, that the turtle should have. And the punishment is always flipping. <laughs> so, what do you, what do you think your peak turtle era is? Right here, baby. Yeah, ninety-one, ninety-two. Okay. I think 92 is probably, like, this is probably when this was on VHS and I was watching it on rotation. Um, the show's still going on. The action figures are in full force. Like, it, this is the sweet spot. Like, kind of, I think by the third movie, I was getting a little bit over it. And, like, my family moved. And I feel like I was, like, onto other things, like Power Rangers. But peak Turtles for me was probably 92. Like, when this movie was on VHS in that, that era. How about you? Um, it is probably around the same time because it's got this movie, which to me is the definitive turtles movie, even though I didn't see it till later. I I'm swear I saw turtles three before I saw turtles two. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, that's a, that's a weird story in and of itself. But even though I saw this in like 93 or 94, I was like, no, this is way more like the, what the turtles should be. Like I yeah. could, I could sense it. Yeah. Um, so it's that. Not not so much the cartoon, because I definitely watch cartoon a lot, but I don't remember any of it. Yeah. But it has more to do with the video games, like the, the things I mentioned at the beginning of the show, Turtles in Time, mm-hmm. and the coming out of their shells. 
tour yeah. slash cassette tape yeah. that I owned, which I think we talked about on our previous Turtles podcast. Yeah. One of them. I liked, I liked that I, back in the day, I, there were several Turtles things going on. Like there was the cartoon show, there were these movies, which are totally different worlds. And then there's like video games, like you're saying. Um, for me, it was uh, the Game Boy, um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, what is it, coming out of the sewers or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of the sewers? Out of the sewers. Like yeah. Um, which I loved. And I love that I could just like experience any of these turtle properties and like, and then play with the toys too. And it was just kind of like, I like that I had different shades of turtle experience <laughs> all at once. <laughs> and none of them are necessarily connected. I don't know. It's fun. It was, yeah, it's a funny bit of intertextuality that, again, is like really common now. Thinking about the Marvel universe. Yeah. Where you have like comics continuity, then you have MCU. And and yeah, and you have like animated movies and cartoon shows. You have the TV show. Well, TV shows are sort of part of the MCU continuity. But. Yeah, it's like you kind of could pick and choose and you, you, your, your mind is already like, uh, marking those subtle differences between them like that does this feel right for the cartoon universe does this feel right for the movie universe yeah 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 and it can inform the rest of the franchise like in the years to come like you can play it gives you a lot to play with you can like crossbreed things they can mutate and that's what i love about (laughs) i think i mentioned this in the our episode on the cartoon how i really like the newer idw comics of the ninja turtles because i feel like it it harnesses a lot of these influences, like stuff from the show, stuff from the original comics, stuff from the movies, and kind of like creates like a singular mythology from all of that. And I like that. I like that it had so much to pull from. That and and now people's ideal turtles is like anything goes. You know, like everyone can just pick and choose what they really like from from this larger mythology. It's cool. One thing I did appreciate the cartoon most of all for is uh the rogues gallery and all the fantastic villains that they had yeah and that was reflected in the toys too which like invented their own weird villains that never showed up in the cartoon and stuff yeah yeah. definitely a great breeding ground for just like fun mutants (laughs) and uh i remember i took a trip to austin texas in the last couple years and went to this cool toy museum there and they just had different tableau of uh action figures from different franchises like mm. star wars whatever uh gi joe but they also had turtles and i was walking through it and i remember taking a photo of one of them and texting it to you because i was so <laughs> bad i'm like it was like a moose i'm like who is this guy and you came right back with oh that's such and such like, oh, oh my god i know the moose you're talking about yeah. i'm trying to remember his name <laughs> not the right time because we have this awesome oh my god yeah subway that they found so I have to say, when I saw Amazing the Amazing Spider Man two, when like he has like he finds oh, that yeah. subway layer with like the car rising out of the ground, I thought of this movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is some Turtles two shit. <laughs> turtles did it first. Yep. Yeah, I love this set. It's so awesome. It's it's a fun improvement over the sewer layer. The sewer layer is iconic, just like the, right. the very close quarters you know very cozy sewer living room <laughs> but uh this is pretty great i also like that dig on connecticut like let, letting <laughs> us reminding us that they are new yorkers <laughs> <laughs> um 
yeah the 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 lair is lair is cool uh i wish they were in it more yeah they're in it in the third movie but again (laughs) again young teenagers teenagers becoming young men like the first place that they get on their own is like this fixer upper kind of crap in a bad neighborhood yeah a lot of potential there yeah a lot of potential so now we have shredder using david warner to create some new mutants out of some fierce creatures yeah Oh man, this I feel like this is where the worm really turns in the movie mm-hmm. once those guys are let out. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no turning back. Like you know what the kind of movie this is. Like, <laughs> if, if you were still like hanging in there, like hoping it would be grittier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because the turtles, they did just find like this cobweb covered under yeah. subterranean lair. I like how ineffectual this news manager is. Yeah. I almost I almost made a rule also of like drink whenever you see a man with a ponytail. Because <laughs> there are a I'll, lot of I'll dudes imp- with ponytails. I'll implement that now. Because <laughs> this uh, <laughs> this one guy who's sitting yeah. at the this dude oh, this who stands guy. up. I'll yeah. drink. Like you don't drink you can't see that. it now and then he like turns like oh that's a ponytail. <laughs> bada bing bada boom. <laughs> like what man working in a newsroom is going to have that huge heavy metal heavy metal ponytail it's crazy <laughs> i like the line where he's like i'm a news manager damn it yeah. like whatever he says. <laughs> it's like yes thank you yeah got it thank you for letting us know how ineffectual you are <laughs> man the sad thing about april o'neill's character is just where she's where she ended up in modern times at least in the movies because mm. you have megan fox playing her and mm. like there's literally in in the second movie, isn't the second movie where she like dresses up as like a sexy schoolgirl yeah, to yeah, help them so. get some information? It's like, are you really doing this right yeah. now? <laughs> are we really doing this right Wait, now? Hey, let's do it! Huh? Who's on the phone? Who's front and center right now? <laughs> He's just, well, he rudely interrupted Raphael, <laughs> but he is originally the guy who called. The ponytail like, man told us so. I feel like if of anyone. Leonardo's the angry one in this movie. He's like <laughs> pissed off the whole movie. <laughs> well, he was usurped from his leadership position. Yeah. Who usurped him? Donnie. Yeah? Yeah. I could see that. That's what, that's what you've been saying, man. And I see it. <laughs> but I like the idea of april continuing to have this relationship with the turtles as it should be i think sometimes yeah. that's downplayed again in the newer movies it's like eh, she's yeah. not really as much of a force in their lives but mm. in a way she, she's kind of the audience surrogate too yeah or at least originally isn't that isn't that the case um well we definitely like kind of like enter the the world of the turtles through her in the first movie but even in like the original comic, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and now we meet Toka and Razor. Toka and Razor, who look like snapping turtle, <laughs> wolf. <laughs> Incredible. Toka and Razor are ugly. Are ugly, but look <laughs> at their eyes. They like have very beautiful eyes. <laughs> so pretty. <laughs> yeah. Like. It's, I don't know which is which, Toka or Razor. Toka's the turtle. Okay. Razor's yeah. the wolf. Razor's like baby blues. Wow. It's like okay, this is <laughs> this is for children. <laughs> I like yeah, yeah. So Toka and Razor end up being babies, as Fredder will 
No, say. Yes. <laughs> that is a pretty... <laughs> I do love that line reading. Babies! <laughs> Macbeth, that's a pop culture reference. Oh, shit. Oh, so popular. <laughs> that's also bad luck to say. In the theater world. If you say if you say the name of the play. Oh. I think that just applies to like when you're staging it. Mm. And you call it the Scottish play. Interesting. It's like it's a super yeah, this. it's an old theater superstition wow. to not say the name the title Macbeth when you're when you're putting it on. Just Macbeth or all plays? Just Macbeth. Not all plays. <laughs> that would be insane. <laughs> oh my god. More environmentalism with David Warner. It's like yeah. they're living creatures. Yeah. Shredder wants to euthanize them because yeah. they don't seem to have much use because they're so infantile. But they got that super strength. So the thing I like about David Warner in this movie is like he's not taking it seriously, but giving it he's still giving it his all. It's a lot yeah. like Ewan McGregor in the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to take this seriously because this is silly. Yeah. But I'm going to be on the ball. Here's my question to you. Would you rather Toka and, Razor, Toka, Toka and Razor have been Bebop and Rocksteady? Yeah. I mean, I think any, everyone would. I think that it's like kind of... I feel like that's the feeling I get, is that it was supposed to be them. It, it By definitely the way, was. This guy, yeah, this little recruiter for the Foot Clan, yeah. is totally the grown-up version of uh, Scott Farkas's sidekick. <laughs> his his in, little toady. In yeah. Christmas Story. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I'm like, he's wearing that hat. He still has that hat. He's got the same hair. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. And the Christmas way he calls him his little toady. <laughs> So yeah, so we got Kino infiltrating the Foot Clan. With the Lords of Flatbush here. <laughs> hoodies, hoodies is advanced, is 21st century. But bandanas, lots of bandanas. Yeah. So yeah, here's Raph's Gambit doesn't, doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Mm. Well, at least, inter- I mean, it does like cause them to have to go and rescue him. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I don't know if that gains them anything. It's it's a little bit of filler. It's yeah. something I wish like Kino infiltrating the gang should have been a bigger part of this plot. Yeah, uh, yeah. I like I like the idea. The, script. the yeah. idea is cool. I like and I like Raph's. Raph's always the one that's kind of like going off on his own and like you know getting closer to the danger yeah. in the action. Yeah, and... watching it, it was like. <clears throat> I think I always think that's where it's going. Yeah, it's like oh, Raph, like because they, like I've said, they basically are remaking the first movie in a yeah. more kid-friendly way, and I was like, okay, Raph's gonna have his whole Dark Knight of the Soul now, mm-hmm. but not really. It's just yeah. <laughs> so they can see Toka and Razor. <laughs> <laughs> this dude with his bro-creamed hair. It's like that's not ninja. Like what the <laughs> hell is this? This is Wall Street, not ninja. <laughs> This is cultural appropriation. Yeah. And there's some, oh, there's some black people in the back too. They're not all white guys. We work in concealment. <laughs> <laughs> Raph comes in to help Kino. I, I love how silly. Oh, he does he? Yeah. Wait, how? You didn't see that? You no. see Raph? Yeah, he comes in and basically like does it for him. <laughs> oh my God. I thought, I was always thought Kino did that himself. Oh, shows how much I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because I thought I thought they established Kino as like a good enough ninja to be able to do these things. I mean, like, come on, you saw him beat up the guys at the beginning. Like, he totally has the chops to be one of these losers. He's good, but the turtles are better. This well, is of not, course the turtles are better. This is not Kino's fight. That's his whole arc in this movie. Yeah. Which is dumb. He should totally <laughs> be fighting with them. He's Ernie Reyes Jr., don't they know? <laughs> so, um, turtles are very much like a New York City thing. That's not what I want to say. (laughs) (laughs) New Yorkers love the turtles. (laughs) No, no. Let me gather my thoughts. Okay. The role of New York City in Ninja Turtles Mm. is supposed to be important. Mm -hmm. And it feels that way, especially in the cartoon and in a lot of the comics Mm -hmm. and even in the newer movies. But it's very underutilized in these movies Mm. and especially this one. It feels. uh, I would argue it's it's important in the first movie. But I definitely don't get... Any sort of like sense of New Yorkness from this movie, no, other it, than like the pizza montage at the beginning. Right, there's the pizza <laughs> montage, and there's like the scene that recruitment scene, plus the scene that's coming up where Kino is running across the Brooklyn Bridge to like mm-hmm. go warn everyone that Raph's yeah. been kidnapped. Yeah, but it, I think I think the soundstage quality to this movie kind of like yeah uh, prevents it from from really feeling like a New York movie. It's kind of this insular. Everything takes place in insular environments. Yeah, you know, it's like a, a junkyard, right? Or a, the sewer or an April's apartment. apartment. Yeah, <laughs> a nightclub. We spend a lot of time in this in this junkyard. By we, the way, yeah, I, I know a shocking amount of time. <laughs> That's where the movie hits its lull. I think like yeah. when, that yeah. whole rescue scene is kind of like yeah, small potatoes. I know. Um, I noticed that a lot this time. Is like we keep coming back to this junkyard, and it, and it is the slump. Look at this, and look at this, see this dumb masks. They're so dumb. They're not supposed to look like houseflies. <laughs> but that, that is a shame. So here he is. This is what I'm talking about. When It was when I saw this scene of Kino running across. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is supposed to be in New York. Yeah. <laughs> because the characters are very much scan as New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. I think they do a good job of that. I really like uh, Ernie Rice Jr.'s acting in this scene. He's so distressed, so distraught. Yeah. He's wearing it all over himself. <laughs> I think it's also just kind of um, uh, heartening to have a scene, like e- even that brief of two humans talking to each other, like yeah. two actual <laughs> human actors just being like, oh, wow, this is what it's <laughs> It's not like someone in a suit or in a yeah. weird metal mask. <laughs> this is like the turtles version of the Bechdel test. It's like, can two humans occupy the same screen and talk about well, something other than turtles? Yeah, for exactly. once? <laughs> but they weren't. It didn't pass. <laughs> they were only talking about turtles. <laughs> I like I like the the touch of like Donnie using like the pool pool cue chalk. On his on his bow. Oh yeah, <laughs> in this scene. Yeah, it's that's pretty, pretty fun. <laughs> still, he's still squeaking. <laughs> I've switched to a Saint Archer Guava Ghost Gosa. Nice Ghost. I don't know how you say that. Ghost. Ghost. Uh-huh. 
It's got a it's got a funk to it. I swear to God, if you put every shot in this movie together of the turtles, like Donatello would be foregrounded, like at least seventy percent of the time. I I, <laughs> I hear you. I, I you're preaching to the choir now. Like, I see it. I see it. Up, oh, nerd, nerd. But even even with his nerdiness, you can't <laughs> stop them from getting. Swooped up like uh, Han Solo and Chewbacca. <laughs> if only they had bladed weapons yeah, to cut themselves down. Exactly. <laughs> That's how committed this movie is to the nonviolent <laughs> aspect. They won't even pull them out to. Can you reach my them. lightsaber? <laughs> oh, look at <this> Cronenbergian <laughs> weapons coming out here. It's like a Mortal Kombat level. <laughs> it is. Man. So for for listeners, bored listeners that don't know what we're talking about, yes, <laughs> that aren't watching the movie, <laughs> the turtles are being uh, uh, held above a, some some sharp objects by the Shredder and the Foot Clan. Ralph Nader. Oh, Ralph Nader. They reference and they just reference Ralph Nader. I don't understand that reference want. though. You're talking about like the the structural integrity yeah. of the net. Did he have something to do with? <laughs> Net is it like he was a Ralph Nader was a big consumer advocate, so he was uh, he made he, his claim to fame was advocating for safety features in cars because okay. back in the 60s, you know, cars were oh, and we got Splinter X Machina over here. <laughs> I love how he's an archer, I like how they bring that in about his character. Like, oh, yeah, by like, the way, <laughs> yeah, they all get weapons. Splinters is a bow and arrow, that's pretty sweet. Apparently. Like, I, f- I feel like that should have been used in a video game or something. Oh man. That would have been great. Splinter, you unlock Splinter as a playable character, yeah. and then uh, you can use his bow. He'd definitely be a secret unlockable character. But then he just goes away, right? Like, Splinter just comes in to do that, yeah. to save them. Like in the long shots where Raph is tied to the stake, he's not even, like, struggling. <laughs> it's like he's, <laughs> he's kind of like, yeah, I'm here. I think we talked over one of my favorite comedic moments. Um where they're like, it's quiet, a little too quiet. Or like, that was oh, easy, right. a little too, too easy. easy. <laughs> like, Look, it's Raph, a little too Raph. <laughs> <laughs> it's clever. Can we talk pop culture? Is that a pop culture reference? Yeah, I think it's, um, what talk show host is it? It's a talk show host, I'm blanking on the name. Oh, okay. But this was the era of daytime talk. Okay. The early 90s. <laughs> Bye, Splinter. <laughs> he slowly gobbles away. <laughs> Looks like we're on our own. Yeah. But yeah, here they, here it is. Here's oh. the whole point of this. Enter Toka and Razor. So Toka, or sorry, Razor, um, reminds me of this creature that... Was WrestleMania. WrestleMania. <laughs> Razor reminds you of what? This creature that's what used to be in a, a special effects show that they had at Universal Studios like eight mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think they I don't think they have shows like that anymore. But they actually used to show you how they made movies at Universal. That used to be the whole point mm. of that <laughs> theme park. Yeah. Uh, and there was one about like special effects, and it's kind of a gag actually. It's like they bring a, a, a volunteer from the audience to like do things, and like behind them, like this door opens, and this like scary <laughs> werewolf creature comes out but it's not super scary it's like muppet it's like this muppety scary that 
Yeah. Toka and Reza are, because <laughs> it has, like, bright blue eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I do love those monster suits. You can tell, like, that I, it has the Jim Henson yeah, touch to it's it. It's pretty great. I don't, I don't love Rezar's face. It's always bothered me. Like, I feel like it's just a little too, like, weirdly contorted and, like... Yeah. Um, it's too long. Yeah. But everything else... Toka is is unassailable. I like Toka a lot. <laughs> Toka's great. And he he feels like he f- would fit in with the turtle universe. Yeah, Razor, I not so much. I see Toka bef- in, in a cartoon <laughs> before Razor. <Yeah. laughs> oh my god. There's there's your New York. He's got the manhole cover. It says NYC <laughs> on it. <laughs> Turtles are so affirming to each other. They're like, yeah. <laughs> That's good. It's good for the kids. Yeah, Power Rangers are the same way. Yeah, I think we talked about that. Yeah, it's always just like yeah, yeah, <laughs> good job. Yeah. Have I already mentioned like w- or my incredulity about Mikey having a California accent, <laughs> even though he's a New Yorker? <laughs> I think I think it's come up. Um, I chalk it up to pop culture. I think he just watches right. a lot of TV. Maybe like uh, is into you know certain subculture. Yeah. Well, I think it's most... I don't know. It seems to be heavier in this film than the first one. Yeah. But the cartoon was the craziest That's of all. That's the heaviest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have a favorite incarnation of each turtle? Like, from if you, could pick, uh, if you could pick your favorite version of each turtle from either a show or a movie... You could assemble the, the greatest. Like, <laughs> I think I think I actually like the Raph, Donnie, and Leo from this movie, but Michelangelo from the cartoon. Okay. I would say Donatello from this movie, Leo and Raph from the first movie, and then Michelangelo. I really like the actually the Nickelodeon twenty twelve animated series. Don uh, Michelangelo. Yeah. He's adorable. <laughs> Just like. Look up like a, a greatest hits of, of Michelangelo 2012 and I dare you not to be charmed by that, <laughs> that version of the character. He's so great and adorable and lovable and funny. I just, uh, to me, the cartoon version where he's always cracking wise and saying weird stuff. Yeah. The weird pizzas that we oh, talked yeah. about off mic earlier yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Anchovies weird and gummy bear pizza. <laughs> I just like the total, like leaning into the California accent. Yeah. <laughs> is classic Michelangelo to me. Yeah. Definitely. Because that's how I first, I probably first encountered that archetype through mm. the Turtles, which is hilarious because he was supposed to be a New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> one, of my, one of my favorite, most iconic action figures that I had was, um, I believe it's called Sewer Surfer, Don, uh, Sewer Surfer Michelangelo. And he's got like a like a surf. It's like a very like '80s like brightly colored like neon colored, um, you know, wetsuit and like a surfboard. And it was very just yeah, very California. Maybe even more like Miami Beach, <laughs> which is where I was living. Maybe that's why I gravitate towards it. But yeah, I just feel like it, it's very much like Surfer Mikey. And I don't know. It's just a. I like I like him inhabiting that that surfer uh, aesthetic. So I don't mind I don't mind the California accent. I, I no like- I don't either. <laughs> it's it's central to his character. Yeah. Um, 
That sounds like a really sweet action figure, number one. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like he's like covered in like seaweed and there's like a starfish on his what? shoulder and like there is it's so... like he just like emerged from the ocean, like covered in sea creatures. It's... There are more variations <laughs> of turtles action figures than there are stars in heaven. <laughs> and that's that's the universe I want to live in. <laughs> there were versions for this movie. Like I, yeah. I I was reading about it a little bit. I don't don't remember what the exactly what the gimmick was, but mm-hmm. Obviously, they came out with figures. Did you have any toys from this movie? No, I never had like a Toka or Razor, and I don't remember any specific. Do you have a David Warner action? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I want that now. Oh, I think, I think it's pretty obvious that I think I, I was reading like trivia about this movie. I think Baxter Stockman was like entertained the idea of Baxter Stockman, and he very much resembles the Baxter of the cartoon. He's got the bow tie. He's got the lab coat. But no glasses. No. And he's also not a villain. Right. He's an ally. Yeah. Works with the villains. This train looks, to work This with train, the uh, when they get inside of it, looks kind of like the train that Maud lives in in Harold and Maud. <laughs> That's uh, a crossover right. I want to see. Yeah. There you go. Here's the, here's your actual Dark Knight of the Soul moment. It's Donatello. Yeah. So I this think it's is... really interesting. I feel like he's like the one that's kind of like... These are our theories dovetailing. He has, he has an existential crisis yeah. about like... The ooze, the secret. What are the the secret of the ooze? He wants it to be more meaningful. Exactly. This is this is our theories dovetailing. <laughs> this is this is like your this is Donnie's movie yeah. theory, and this is my uh, coming of age yeah. awakening movie yeah. theory. Because that is something like you realize. Oh, I, I'm a person like everyone else. Yeah. Like the world doesn't revolve around me. Right. I mean, I'm not as special as I think. Exactly. I am. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There is kind of a cool subtext to that. Yeah. And I think it's 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 touched upon just enough in this movie because, come on, it's for kids, and we don't really need to dwell on it yeah. that much. <laughs> Again, that that's why I prefer this to the first movie. Like, let's dwell on it too much. We've got, like, a corpse of Raphael sitting in the bathtub. <laughs> we don't need to see that. We don't need it. Uh, we just need to see monsters wreaking havoc on New York City. <laughs> In, qu- in scare quotes, New York City, because this right. is totally a backlot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I kind of like. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of going to. I, I went to um, uh, Disney World when I was like six, mm-hmm. and they have um, in their Hollywood Studios Park, mm-hmm. which was then called the MGM Studios Park. Yeah. They had a backlot kind of just like this. There's a shot coming up where um, one of the buildings just says like public library on it. Just a very generic looking. <laughs> oh, there right it there. Is. Yeah. <laughs> very generic looking. But they have that exact set or something very similar in that theme park. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's turtles. Oh, here's a New York scene. Obligatory New Yorkers being New Yorkers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they all got to get their own cab. They <laughs> <laughs> New Yorkers, because New Yorkers aren't phased by anything. <laughs> I kind of want to look up Michael Pressman, the director of this movie, <laughs> see if he's from New York. Because uh, um, that has a great bit of business there. Yeah. I feel like the equivalent would be like only in Hollywood. You know, it's like. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, isn't it, it? It's so easy. That's why it's so easy to set movies in those two cities. Yeah. It's like anything happen here. Yeah. When we get the return of Chief Stearns from uh, the first movie. I was wondering, is that the same guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And is just and being April angry, antagonizing him? Yeah. Angry and ineffectual. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that that's the same guy. There's 
I feel like that's a that's a motif in this era is like the Commissioner Gordon from the Burton films and this guy just like police being kind of like pretty much useless. Yeah. It's like let's leave it to the vigilantes. Let's <laughs> leave it to the... <laughs> yeah. Just the, the whole idea of like incompetent authority yeah. in nineties kids movies is like, oh Yeah. Yeah, it's always either like the parents or or actual authorities, like cops. I wish, yeah, the tete-a-tete in the first one is much better, though. Mm-hmm. That's, like, one of my favorite parts. Yeah. He does have a stronger presence in yeah. that movie. Yeah, I, I love Judith Hogue just needling him in the yeah. beginning of that movie. <laughs> have a nice day. <laughs> Cafe. Like, look at the, the signs in the back. Just, like, there's such a dead giveaway. Like, they did not dress these sets. <laughs> They did not put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. <laughs> Library. Cafe. <laughs> Import export. So here we now have April in peril. The big reveal that Freddy is in the Foot Clan. And it's so weird that he just tells her, give him this message. <laughs> like they don't <laughs> kidnap her. Yeah. Which, I don't know, I guess is kind of refreshing. Yeah. We don't have a damsel in distress moment. But it's like, what? Why? Like, <laughs> you just yeah. let her go? <laughs> it's an easy way to bring the turtles to you. Yeah. So what's up? Oh, we got a Bart Simpson glass. Oh, that's a pop culture reference. That's pretty great. Well... It's going to get much closer to the camera very soon. <laughs> we can take another drink. All right. Take two. It's a cool glass. <laughs> um, and it's it's total, like, it's totally disappointing when they mention Central Park. Like they're about to rampage in Central Park, but they, you know, stop them before they do. I was like, no, that would have <laughs> been so cool to see. Like, in a movie that had a bigger budget and like was willing to do more location shooting, yeah. like, that's what the climax would be. They bl- it would be in Central Park. They blew the budget on these beautiful suits. I know. I, I, I am <laughs> not mad about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not mad about that. Oh, so here's here's David Warner fig- figuring out. What's this character's name, by the way? I don't Pro- even... Professor Perry. Oh, Professor Perry. Yes, the techno babble with, with uh, Donnie the Nerd. <laughs> Got some some pe- Pepto Bismol there, basically, <laughs> basically. Um, and Kino's there eating pizza. Yes. Oh shit. <laughs> Kino's back. So, what's up with the disappearance of the martial arts fad? This is something I've always wondered about. Mm. Um, that's a good question. Like the ninja thing, especially, oh. <laughs> is so tied into. I love the... when the pizza shops yeah. and the. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, moving on. <laughs> Recycle dudes, environmentalism. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, I love it. So. Yeah, where did the where did the ninja phase go? The ninja phase was some, you know, I I connected to the late '80s, early '90s kind of, um, conception of the quote-unquote orient of like that was the time when 
Japanese businesses were making a lot of inroads in America and also around the world. And there was a lot of kind of like hysteria and xenophobic, xenophobic panic about the Japanese are taking over. Mm. And I think that like subsuming that culture becomes part of it, like becomes a way to just, there's, oh, the there's Bart Simpson. Bart yeah, Simpson. he is. But, like, it, dude. <laughs> but subsuming that culture, like, kind of being more interested in that culture is a way to like put a, a better spin on that is to be like, we may think we're being taken over, but we can still find some cool stuff. Hmm. And it's a weird kind of, or, or, or it's a weird kind of dominance over like, Oh, this is your culture. We're going to make it weird. (laughs) (laughs) Which I know is not what Eastman and Laird's like, uh, intention was when they started the comic. Yeah. But it becoming popular. I think it has something to do with that. Yeah. I mean, if anything, it was like Daredevil that was the original like appropriator of like the ninja culture, right? And Peter and La- or Laird and Eastman were yeah. just kind of riffing on Daredevil. You know, it was it's like one, it's like several times removed yeah. from the original. Well, original the Daredevil thing is totally like the 1960s era, like inscrutable Asian stereotypes, yeah. which is also like all over all over Marvel comics. Yeah, Doctor Strange and all like kinds Vicado. of stuff. Yeah, Fing Fang Foom. Yeah and uh iron fist mandarin (laughs) mandarin yeah so there's all of that but it was a it was a much more distinct because like there are also a lot of movies about like like japanese business (laughs) like like the clash between (laughs) japanese business culture and american business culture both like comedies like gung-ho or Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. dramas like um rising sun with sean connery and wesley snipes where sean connery mansplains what japanese people are like as if they're (laughs) like dogs or something uh, it's just so fucked up it's such geez. an insane time in our culture yeah that doesn't even matter anymore <laughs> like it, it's people were so worked up about you know a slightly different face in some of their meetings <laughs> it was like wow. holy shit what's going on yeah. people freaked out and i'm glad that like history is not exactly repeating itself in the present day with um, kind of now that China has become bigger on the global stage and like now our movies, instead of like kind of being weird about and exoticizing Chinese things, like yeah. we just pander to them. <laughs> we, <Yeah. laughs> we put Chinese actors in blockbuster movies right. saying like, you know what? We all like movies, guys. Let's, yeah. let's hang out. Man. This is all fodder for a totally different podcast. <laughs> oh, right. We're doing a commentary on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. I just had to get that off my chest. I appreciate it, though. Man, that, no, yeah. That's... I've had a few. <laughs> Num-nums. Oh, this is also something I definitely remembered as a kid. Oh, yeah. The num-nums. Yeah, so, so the turtles have put the anti-mutagen in in some donuts so that token yeah. razor so they can trick token razor into cowards that they are them. they yeah. they won't <laughs> fight them they want to just... well they can't i mean we saw what happened <laughs> they could they could they used to use their weapons <laughs> <laughs> oh man a donut seems really good right now <laughs> perfect post pizza dessert <laughs> We should have gotten the brownie cookie. Oh. I'm regretting that decision right now. <laughs> well, there's plenty of donut places around. That's true. 
<laughs> so this is al- <laughs> also this is prime uh, example of the trope of like all the bad guys standing around where they could all just like gang up <laughs> and, and hit them. They're like waiting their turn. I don't know if you saw, but like in, in the previous shots, they were like foot in the background, just like kind of waving their arms and effectually <laughs> just being like, yay, <laughs> pretending like they're to make it menacing. Look, to make it look more kinetic and like yeah. threatening than it actually is. Exactly. <laughs> I always thought this was yeah. clever though, like how this, fight, club. how this fight from the warehouse spills into the nightclub. It's pretty yeah. cool. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you've ever like frequented any... Frequented any la clubs uh-huh. but this is pretty normal like yeah i, I would assume all the clubs are like next to like industrial you know oh man <laughs> i think i think it's about time oh my oh, god shit. chuck <laughs> excuse us for a second we're uh well maybe you you chug first you got uh, it i, I all right have i got chug so i didn't expound, time it right expound on villain ice <laughs> just look at those costumes <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's the It's the theme of this movie. The dude was so Look psyched. at those costumes. <laughs> I'm still draining it for the ice man. <laughs> oh. I'm about to burp like that soon. <laughs> Foul. <laughs> That's that's a word that's not used enough anymore. It's foul. Oh, foul. And now begins the ninja rat. I know, the like iconic that iconic ninja rat. Like, I like how the music stops <laughs> and then Ice is feeling it. Yeah. He's like, he's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hold on, guys. This party's not over. Let's keep it going. I just love how fun this ending. It's like there's like all the peril that leads up to this. And you'd think the climax of this movie is like rescuing someone who's been <laughs> captured or like, you know, having a big showdown. It's like, no, we're going to like yeah. have it in a silly scene in a nightclub. <laughs> I love I love the implication that Vanilla Ice is just like freestyling about all this. He's like, wait, wait, wait. Okay. So we have turtles that are ninjas. They're fighting monsters. I'm a rapper. Go ninja, go ninja, go. <laughs> like... <laughs> They're rooting, oh, he's rooting them on. Oh, I love this shot. This overhead, like, <laughs> dance shot. Oh. Of the do-si-do stuff. <laughs> ponytails, ponytails. ponytails. Hey, I, like, I like this guy calls them extras. extras. As if, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a production. Oh, I have a whole theory about this movie. It begins in a toy store. It ends on a stage. Okay. Turtles are a commodity. Like, this is the turtles coming up. I'm I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm. This is my What Were We Watching mm. summary. But, but yeah, it, this, I see this movie is bookended by commerce. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is commerce. Yeah. <laughs> and David Warner. He is all over this movie. David Warner? Yeah. As he should be. His journey just he 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 operates in all the way. He it's if you watch this a certain way, it's a story of a of a scientist getting pulled into this very strange world. <laughs> doing his job and then Caught by the good guys, help, yeah. or caught by the bad guys, helping the good guys. So this is where Kino should just go and help out. And he does. He should, spoiler alert. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> not not as much as I want him to. Yeah, yeah. This is a little bit over dramatic from Ernest <laughs> Junior. As much as I like him in front of April's apartment. <laughs> This is a little too much. 
Not your fight, Kino. Yeah, it's his fight. <laughs> he look at you. You saw him do martial arts. I know. He's he kicks ass. Splinter's trying to. He's trying to tell the kids, don't don't bother, don't fight. Okay. Only when you need to. This soundtrack, though, isn't very notable except for the Vanilla Ice song, as far as I know. Yeah, that's pretty true. It, everything's relegated to like background. Yeah, I thought the I thought the soundtrack to the first movie is actually pretty clever, mm. and it's got a good vibe to it. Yeah. And it's actually used a lot in the movie. Like yeah. several of the songs are featured in the film. I love that MC Hammer one from the, from <laughs> yeah. the first movie. Ponytails again. Uh. <laughs> Does that count? We're seeing them again. And especially like the balding ponytail. It's like a special, <laughs> a very special genre of this <laughs> hairstyle. That's like, that's like the uh, Phil Collins when he had hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the I love the choreography of the turtles dancing. Yeah, <laughs> dance fighting. <laughs> They're breakdance fighting. Man, and I, well, I appreciate all the actual extras in this movie, or yeah. this scene, because you could wear anything to the club in those days. Yeah. I would kill to live in this time again. <laughs> you could, look how, like, ah, oh, it takes all kinds. Leading, Leonardo's leading. He's oh, quarterback. He's, okay. Completing the uh, completing the football That's motif right. of this movie, but you, ha- you have like this greaser dude in the background with leather leather <laughs> pants, but you also have like the black guy with like the candy striper outfit, like jacket and shorts. The guy yeah. with the overalls, um, <laughs> girl the with lady, peace girl, sign, yeah, girl with peace sign, like Afrocentric tunic that she's wearing. Oh, this this choreography, man, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> And that those dance moves that <laughs> Vanilla Ice and his crew do doing. Those pelvic thrusts. Yeah, and those shoulder shrugs. <laughs> it's all about the shoulders and pelvis. Yeah. Oh, and the featured extra here. This oh, yeah. The woman in the red dress. I don't think Vanilla Ice ever had a keytar player in, in the background. <laughs> <laughs> That's like something that would be in Beyonce's band. That looks like a cool lady playing the keytar. Yeah. I just yeah, I like how it just ends with like, "Yo, we're give it up for the turtles. We're awesome." <laughs> oh shit! And it's not very. And new this though. is where it becomes like a stage production, like yeah, like Shredder crashes the scene, <laughs> and it's on stage, like. <laughs> you know, let, yeah, let's think about how un ninja this is too. It's like they're they're just fighting in front of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like this is like Turtles Live right now. <laughs> <laughs> it truly is. This is coming out of their shells <laughs> tour. <laughs> um, I, I like that threat. Like, I'm going to use this mutagen, like, in small doses through future mutants. Like, get ready. Yeah. It kind of it kind of hints at the universe of the TV show, too. Yeah. Oh, that fucking handspring that he does Dude. under the stage is so good. <laughs> then he, like, spin kicks it out of his hand. He's, Kino's great. He, <laughs> you fool. I forgot to mention how awesome it is when they're creating the new Shredder helmet. Like, mm. they're putting it on that thing with all the sparks flying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like they they do their best to make this this purple jumpsuit seem cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this purple sparkly jumpsuit. Uh-huh. 
I mean, it's about to get a lot cooler, but that's this is a whole other thing. Yeah, but the guitar. <laughs> I forgot uh, how pivotal the guitar is. <laughs> rock and roll. Doing a Marty McFly. Defeats the bad guys. <laughs> he gets so he gets so mewling. It's not my fight. <laughs> Come on, Kino, you're a badass. Yeah. You're like you're like a 16-year-old. Aww. Kick ass. Aww, the wolf. reverted anti-mutagen token razor. Yeah, so cute. And all their all their gear just on the ground. <laughs> That's definitely a husky, not a wolf. Yeah, <laughs> adorable, but <laughs> not ferocious. Coming out on the soundstage with that New York skyline painted on the background. <laughs> I guess we won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Everything's cool. I, actually, this is a pretty cool fake out, and I imagine yeah. as a young kid, I was like totally shocked. Yeah. I, I I definitely know I was because the other and it's a great throwback to yeah. the beginning where Shredder comes out of the the, the trash, come back. Because this is the but besides the dandelion, this Ooh. is the other vivid memory uh, as a kid, like this terrifying super shredder. super shredder. I loved Super Shredder. God, Super Shredder is so goddamn cool. I know. <laughs> It's worth it. It's like he worth it. Drank it all. It's like a reward. Like even though this movie is pretty fun, yeah. it can be pretty fun to watch if you still like the turtles. It's yeah. it's man, this is such a cool reward. <laughs> yes, it's such kid logic too. It's like like the it's final Super boss, Shredder. Super Shredder. <laughs> Super Shredder is played by the professional wrestler Kevin Nash. That's right. Um, who I knew as a kid as Diesel. Mm. In the WWF, he was one of my. I actually dressed up as him one Halloween, in his Diesel persona. Wow! With a fake goatee, nice smudged oh. on. <laughs> I love uh, it. But he's yeah, he's a dude. He's just like he's like seven feet tall. So they yeah. got him yeah. in the super shredder suit. Naturally, I think like this is the perfect medium for professional wrestlers as actors is a movie like this. <laughs> yeah. Um, the newest, like the. Out of the shadows, it has a wrestler as um, Rocksteady. Oh, okay. The guy who plays Rocksteady. All right. I was so happy to see Bebop and Rocksteady in that movie. I know. Like it was like I years. Feel like that, <laughs> that's what this movie, this movie should have been. I think Eastman and Laird were like against the idea of Bebop from, all I could find, from what I was reading. Yeah, all I could find was just some like vague rights issues. Yeah, I think they were kind of like less fans of the show, and they were like. They wanted it to stick to hew more closely to the comics. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Bebop, Bebop and Rocksteady are so <laughs> iconic. Like, I would have loved... That would have made this movie, like, absolutely perfect. Yeah. <laughs> as if it was Bebop <laughs> and Rocksteady. And as awesome as Super Shredder is, he goes out in such a dumb way. <laughs> he just destroys the dock and, That's true. and lets it fall on him. But I don't know. Is he? Is he dead? I feel like it. It kind of leaves him open for. I don't know. And I love. I just. I love that callback, man. I love being a turtle. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like it goes back to. We've mentioned it in every episode. My mom. They're turtles. Like she's gonna. <laughs> yes, they are. And thank God yeah. they are. In this yeah. instance, they're amphibious. Like. He's a super shredder. He's he's enhanced by mutagen. Oh, he just passed no, out. He just passed out. That's the strength of a New York City doc. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, it wasn't that strong. Like super shredder could easily cut it down. Like it was better. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> he dead. 
<laughs> this would be splinter, a huge, yeah. splinter face palming. <laughs> yeah, I want that gift. That should be more of a of, of a the splinter face palm. Yeah, <laughs> so slow. Uh. <laughs> Ostentatious, spacious. <laughs> yeah, bunga. Oh hell yeah. This movie is just so fun. Like we're just so we spend a lot of time exalting in it instead of like, <laughs> discussing things because like it's not it's not very deep, obviously. Yes, it is. <laughs> Practice harder. I do like that they acknowledge like you're not even being you're not even trying to be ninjas anymore. Yeah, you're not even you're on the you're you're front and center. You're celebrities. Like they pose for that photo. Another freeze frame. We begin with a freeze frame. We end with a freeze I'll frame. I'll cheers to that. Let's cheers to that freeze cheers frame. Cheers to the freeze cheers. frame. All so, right. so there's a. It's not quite okay. So there's a theory in screenwriting structure that the opening frame and the final frame are opposites of each other, and they're not quite the opening frame. But I like the idea that like there's the freeze frame at the at the beginning of the turtles, and this Jumping freeze frame the at the very end where yeah. they're upside down. And the, apparently the the opening image and the, and the final image are supposed to be like opposites of each other. So I like the idea that like it's li they're literally <laughs> yeah, upside down. That's so cool. I, so, <laughs> in the final frame versus I mean, the the first freeze. You frame. are room two three sevening this movie to such an awesome degree. And, uh, oh, that's exactly <laughs> what I wanted for this commentary. Oh my god. Um, since it's the credits, I have to pee so bad, and I, I don't think it matters the timeline <laughs> anymore. You um, should go. But I'll I'll vamp a little bit. We'll we'll, we'll keep talking. <laughs> Michael Pressman, director cameo as the news manager. I'm the news manager. Don't forget, don't I'm forget Kino's uh, Ernie I will. I'll read out. I'll read out the um, relevant credits here. Credits that are fun. So Kevin Clash is the only puppeteer to actually be the voice of his character. Um, he's also known for being Elmo and other Muppet. Ever very famous Muppets. Um, Robbie Rist and Brian Tochi are the only voices to return as uh, Michelangelo and Leonardo from the first movie. And Frank Welker as Le uh, Rezar and Toka, that's a very famous name as well. Um, Kino's fights performed by Ernie Reyes Jr. himself. I just love the verbiage on that sentence. <laughs> Ernie Reyes Jr. himself, don't you know who I am? And here's all the Jim Henson Creature Shop employees who are the real heroes of this movie. Yeah, with Cam not here, I can really shit on the first movie. Those suits are so terrible. And these suits are such a huge improvement and make this movie. DJ Grammon 2. That's a great name. Let's see. Did I not say anything that I wanted to say during this movie? The Vanilla Ice cameo is really a good idea because you couldn't find someone more representative of 1991, even if you tried. Wouldn't you agree? Who are you talking about? Vanilla Ice. I'm back. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, what a great pull for this movie. I guess at the time. Well, 1991 was also when he starred in his movie, Cool as Ice. It was just like we were at peak vanilla ice. Oh, I missed all that. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> also, um, this is 
one of two movies to be dedicated to Jim Henson. Hmm. The other one is when we've also done an episode on the Muppet Christmas Carol. Hmm. Okay. So I let, and it's kind of weird that like this movie beat that to the punch, beat the actual like Muppet <laughs> movie to the punch in honoring Jim Henson. Yeah. It's like, this one's for you, Jim. This movie about the turtles. But this one's, this one's so impressive. Like I really love the costume. Like that dude at the end says it all. Just look at those costumes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are really great. Yeah. It's, I didn't even care that they weren't using their weapons because they yeah. still look authentic. They yeah. look like the turtles, like the turtles should be. Yeah, it, it's, it's weird. I saw Turtles 3, and then I saw this, and I'm like, no, this is this is what the turtles yeah. are. I don't know what happened, but the costumes in the third one are garbage. I feel like they look so much worse. Oh, good. I'm glad you agree. When you're yeah. in the bathroom, I was shooting on them, and I'm like, yeah. I don't want Cam to know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, I don't, like, we don't even have to ever do a third movie podcast. What? I don't really <laughs> like that one. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was shooting on the first movie. Oh, the first movie. Yeah. Um, but they are bad in the third movie. I like the th- I like the third. Yeah, I like the first one. I'll go to bat for some of that. It's definitely rough around the edges, but I feel like it works for that that kind of rough, gritty, urban aesthetic yeah. of the first movie. All right, Cam, do you have a, a pitch for us? Oh, of course I do. Oh. They say the day when we I'm in it for riches. Sequel, prequel, remake. Wanna throw me some pitches for guffin. So mine's kind of building off of my pitch from the first movie, which I, I invite listeners to go back and listen to if they haven't heard it. So basically, yeah, uh, that pitch involved decades later, the turtles are estranged after the death of Splinter, and they're all off doing their own thing. But to bring some of the Secret of the Ooze magic back into this, uh, let's say Kino is a martial arts master and head chef and owner of Kino's Pizza. <laughs> yes. A front for a gang of good guy vigilantes. Kind of like the Bookhouse Boys in Twin Peaks. Um, but So it's like Kino, Raphael, Casey Jones, and we can call them like Splinter's Army or something. Okay. <laughs> so we see them investigating a recurring trend of mutants going missing in New York City. Because remember in my original pitch, this is a, a, a sprawling world of, of mutants, a fully fledged world of mutants like... You know, all the all your favorites from the cartoon, Leatherhead and Mondo Gecko and et cetera, et cetera. So, so the, they're suddenly attacked by a group of particularly strong foot soldiers who turn out to be robots underneath. And they capture Raphael. And we see the other turtles also overtaken by foot soldiers. And they are then thrown together in a secret underground gladiator arena where imprisoned mutants are forced to fight each other in a tournament. <laughs> it becomes Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles meets Mortal Kombat, oh or God. Thor Ragnarok. And they call it the Technodrome. Oh, shit! <laughs> it's a little, a, little, a little looser interpretation of the Technodrome. And so when anyone is defeated, they're thrown into a, a portal, never to be seen again. So the turtles have to battle a, a greatest hits of TMNT monsters. We got Bebop, Rocksteady... Leatherhead, Mondo Gecko, Mutagen Man, etc., etc. So they eventually make it down to the final four, which is obviously the four turtles, and they have to fight each other. And so we have Donnie and Mikey pitted against each other. They refuse to fight, and they're both thrown into the portal, never to be seen. And then we have Leo and Raph, who are facing each other, and they're fighting for real because all their unresolved issues are coming to the surface. But Leo and Raph ultimately resolve their differences and refuse to fight, 
but then the two of them are forced to face off against the final boss, who is also from my other pitch, the reanimated cyborg zombie version of Super Shredder that they call Chrome Dome, champion of the Technodrome. (laughs) And so Leo and Raph face off against Chrome Dome, a.k.a. Shredder. We also see Donnie and Mikey, who end up waking up in a laboratory, where we see the return of Professor Perry, David Warner, and we learn that he's the mastermind behind the Technodrome, which is an elaborate scheme to gather all the mutants and revert them back to their normal selves, based on his anti-mutagen from this movie. He's basically, yeah, rounding up all the mutants in, in New York City and reverting them to their original state. And Donatello, but Donatello deduces that something's not quite right about the professor's story, after which David Warner reveals his true self, that his body has been taken over by Krang and converted to a <laughs> cyborg host body. This is so much. And so the entire arena is unearthed. Revealing itself to be the Technodrome as we know it. Oh my god. <laughs> and the heroes work together to take down Chrome Drome slash Shredder and the Technodrome, respectively. And they return home to eat pizza happily ever after. Oh my god. <laughs> and that's how I bring in all the elements of Secret of the Use into my original pitch. Yeah. Man, that's I would love a Mortal Kombat with Turtles characters. That's all I want. <laughs> just a fighting game i can play yeah well i don't have an elaborate pitch this time unfortunately (laughs) just some general ideas based on this film let there be a young person who actually fights with the turtles i feel like even in this movie ernie Reyes jr wasn't young looking enough where like you would have to tell him to like stay behind this is not your fight he's old enough to have a job old enough Mm. to drive that moped (laughs) And I think in real life, he was like 18 or 19 hmm. in this film. So I would love to see some of that like actually brought in because it, it's, it's more fun to see someone in like the kid world or the young world yeah. be part instead of like, we have April, who's an audience surrogate, but she's older. Mm-hmm. And in the newer one, like Casey Jones was an older guy mm-hmm. and adult man. But I also think they could bring in the media aspect more. I think this relationship with April, like in a different direction, if you don't want to bring in another character, play up their relationship with April a lot more. Uh, give her more pressure to like reveal the turtles to the public, like, mm-hmm. you know, reveal that these creatures exist. Just give her more to do. Make it more like a journalistic thriller. <laughs> I would really like to explore her life and her motivations more. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot to say because I think this really does capture the turtles at their best. Yeah. Uh, it's my definitive turtle movie. Absolutely. All right. Could not agree more. But I would also pay American dollars to see your version. <laughs> <laughs> it's my dream. I'll, I'm, I'm gonna, I'll be working on it. <laughs> All right. So there you go, Hollywood. You, you heard it. You got it right there. Hire this man. And send the te- and the, send the checks to my temporary office at Round Table Pizza in Burbank. All right, so we gotta ask ourselves what we ask ourselves every episode. I've had a few. Um, <laughs> Allow myself to introduce <laughs> myself. That's exactly what I thought of. I'm doing an Austin Powers. So uh, Cam, in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to The Secret of the Ooze, what were we watching?
I was watching the turtles embracing and acknowledging their own status as pop culture phenomenon. We're introduced to. <laughs> I got this. this is actually a, this is a very this. challenging episode. <laughs> we are introduced to the turtles in a toy store, and we end with them in a rock concert climax. This is the turtles at their most commercial height. The secret of the ooze is that it birthed a phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> is that on the back of the dvd <laughs> i hope so if great. not i'll take that job too yeah do if it. i can't write a fucking turtles movie i'll <laughs> i'll gladly just be the dvd summary writer i think you're so right though like this this is no it, it does distill kind of the appeal of the turtles it's very it hits all the high notes it and it never stops moving forward it's yeah. just like here's one thing after another and it's presented in a very fun engaging way yeah like we know what you're here to see (laughs) you're here to see the turtles acting out their personas i was watching a cartoonified remake of the first film and the most kid-friendly turtles movie because it really is like there's just so much that's rehashed but just like or remixed from the first movie so they take an element and they spin it in a more family-friendly way but it's never dumb i feel like sometimes no. the first movie like as dark as it was it also got really dumb with like kazoo effects and just like yeah whoop like like isn't this silly this one like doesn't condescend the audience that no. much sorry i'm hijacking your no story, no, no, no. But, I, but continue no, it's, it's true it's true because i read in some of the european releases even though they didn't use the weapons they still added in like uh, i think the german and the british versions they added like silly sound effects mm. during the fight scenes come not, on people not, not needed yeah <laughs> it's a missed opportunity i think in terms of story because it's, it's just very basic mm-hmm. but it's very successful in sustaining turtle mania like you said it's, <laughs> it's, it's the phenomenon yeah with a vibe that does not like look to the past of like previous Family films, superhero films, comic book films, but like embraces its nineties-ness. <laughs> and that's what I love about it. It's like here's something new for the new generation. Yeah. Go ninja, go ninja, go. Yeah. And it really captures the spirit of like, you know, a fun comic book. Even yeah. even if it wasn't like the actual comic book. <laughs> it's like something you could imagine. But who wants that? Who wants like a direct this literal panel to screen translation mm. of the comic book. Like Zack Snyder's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Do something new every time. <laughs> like I uh, I love this movie. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> Well you're you're don't worry, you're in good company. It's a safe space here. It's all I could want for my birthday. <laughs> well then I'm almost afraid to ask now. What was the secret of the booze? Secret of the booze is that it, booze just helps one talk over <laughs> 90 minutes of a movie. I, booze, I think you could have thought that booze just helps. <laughs> but I think the secret of the booze was <laughs> it makes movies so much better. <laughs> Which I think I already knew deep down. Movies are always, they're just, they're good. Okay, they're it loaded. Doesn't, it doesn't, they're yeah. loaded with subtext. You it, just have to be in the right state to... to recognize it doesn't it doesn't make movies better the true secret of the booze and this is real for Mm. all all aspects of life booze booze brings out the real in you Mm. so i think i enjoyed it even more more than i ever have before (laughs) in these last two hours it's good 
And thank you, Booth. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for exposing my heart, bringing it out to the, the, fore, the forefront, letting me be honest with Am- myself. Amen to that. Yeah. Oh! Well, friends, uh, I hope you enjoyed this commentary. I hope you got as wasted as we did. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. Wouldn't you say so, Cam? Oh my God! Yes. <laughs> so, um, when can we do another commentary? Yeah, yeah. I think we can. <laughs> we should definitely try to do one again in the future. This was wonderful. Happy birthday, sir! Thank you, Eric, for indulging this. Thank you, Booze, for teaching me all your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you uh, to our bodies for being kind of lightweight too. Yeah. It's only it's only been ninety minutes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, friends, you can find us online on Facebook and Twitter. Um, our Twitter handle is at W4Podcast. But we are, our website is whatwerewewatching.com. We also have a Bandcamp page. You can find our older episodes that aren't on our podcast stream anymore. But also, please subscribe to us. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe, rate us, review us. And if you have uh, something you want to say or just memories to share we're always uh, available at what were we watching at gmail.com. <laughs> what were we watching at gmail.com? Now it's just like compiling on top of itself. I think it's just my psychological state. That's not really just being drunk. I'm just like self-conscious about it now. But this has been a total blast. I hope you've enjoyed it, listeners, as much as we have. So for the birthday boy, Cam Seamer, I'm Eric Ambler. Thank you for listening to What Were We Watching? And until next time. Babies! There are babies! Oh.